welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have uh, burlesque performer, uh, com- comedian, uh, dancer, uh, uh, dating expert, uh, Sugar Brown. Sugar, tell us about yourself. Yes, well, um, it kind of depends on what all you you want to know because I have so many different things going on uh, with what I do and who I am. So it just depends on which facet that you'd want to know about. Whatever you want to talk about, we're, that's what we're here for to to, okay. to let people know about you. So yeah, um, so I have a one woman comedy and burlesque show that I do, um, and I do that nationally i have gone to other countries and performed it so that's kind of like the main thing that i do i also produce other performers so i have other um entertainers and stuff like that that i will put on stage and i'll choreograph and write things for um let's see what else oh yeah so i've also just started a dating show that i do where i help people find love and or keep love. Um, so there's that. I want to get some more couples. I think I think I would love to have more couples um, come on and talk to me about their possible issues and help me let me help them through their whatever issues may be. I am uh, a yoga practitioner. I am also. Um, a choreographer, and sometimes I double as a therapist. Well, if you're if you're talking dating and couples, you got to be the therapist. So, um, yeah. As as I I get um, at my store, I get a lot of people talking to me about advice, and I tell them do the exact opposite that I've already done, and you'll stay in a happy relationship. Because <laughs> if if you if you can screw it up, I will screw it up in a relationship. Uh, and luckily, I've been with the same woman for thirty years now, and uh, I have that, that my wife. Um, there's no reason for her to be with me to this day. <laughs> I love well, her. To clearly, death. you're doing something right. Oh yeah, I I got my crap together. I it just took me a while, <laughs> but uh, yeah, together, man. That's that's all that matters. Yep, yep. Well, you. <laughs> I found you by accident. I know because I was on Facebook one day, and your your little um, like uh, Facebook ad popped up for your burlesque show, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I always like checking out burlesque. I've only been to like two shows, not yours, but uh, other shows, and uh, I I think it's cool because it's kind of a throwback to a different time, but you're mixing comedy and burlesque and I've been to ones where it was uh, um, live music and burlesque and, and with some skits and comedy um, here in Ohio. And uh, I was, I was like, Oh, cool. And then you're like, Oh, now you're doing uh, dating advice and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. And I start seeing you, you're doing all this other stuff. I'm like, man, how's this woman doing? <laughs> it's crazy. Do, do you have downtime? Do you sleep? <laughs> uh, you know, I nap. I, you know, I talked to a, a person that was like, you know, entrepreneurs and artists and hustlers, we don't sleep, we nap. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, I had to explain to somebody, they're like, how, how long How long do you work? I, I was like, well, I, between businesses and the, the YouTube stuff and everything I do, I was like, I'm, I'm busy about 16 to 18 hours a day. And they're like, really? I was like, yeah, 16. I was like, I sleep and I get up and I start it all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. how did you get into? Because you said you're a choreographer, I can I can get the dancing. How did you get into the comedy burlesque? Uh, it's always an interesting story that I tell. So, I really initially wanted to be a dancer, um, either a dancer behind Janet Jackson or a dancer with Alvin Ailey and. Those aspirations were just so difficult. Um, not to say I couldn't have achieved them. I couldn't handle rejection. I have a problem with, with rejection. So I just made my own thing. Um, and I was teaching dance and putting on shows. So I, I've always taught dance and put on shows for like years, like maybe 20 years or something. And um 
with the show, um, it was just a dance show. And I put it on in Atlanta. And I had like five girls and I had a comedian and I had a singer and they all did horrible. And so bad that the people in Atlanta started to act out. And one of the people stormed the stage. Yeah, which is like so rude. Like, yeah. get up and leave. Yeah. If, if that's, you know, but to storm the stage. Now, they stormed the stage when I was off stage, but I could hear them talking, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, you know, this show isn't worth the, well, some people did pay about $60. This isn't worth the $60 I paid for. And I could do this and I could do that. And I come out and I'm like, first of all, you need to get up off my stage because I paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is rude. So, of course, they went and sat down. But... Uh, they weren't wrong. The people were rude, but they weren't wrong because I could see a lot of different things were going really wrong. And I started to cry, actually, in front of everybody because I put my heart, soul, my money, I was Ubering to, to pay for this production. And um, nobody cares about anybody who cries, or at least not me. Nobody has ever cared about my tears. Um so it they became a little more resistant, I guess. And that was funny to me. I'm like, well, that's hilarious that you guys don't care at all. Um, and I started sort of making jokes. And that was funny to them. So at the end of it all, it became a little bit of a comedy set between my tears and the audience and the show. And what happened, um, I even gave them like free tickets to the next show. Like the discount code was crybaby because I cried and everything, you know. And at that very moment, um, you know, I went home and I saw someone that was doing comedy on TV and they were telling a story. And I was like, I can do that. I'm funny. I don't care what anybody says. I'm funny. If you don't get the joke, that's you. I'm funny. So um, I decided I wanted to mix the dance part and comedy together. I fired everybody because I taught them their roles. I wrote the jokes. I wrote everything. So everybody's fired. And I put all the energy into me. And that's how Sugar Brown became a one-woman show. Um, yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, well, you definitely took something. You, because they always tell you if you you fall down, it's not about falling down; it's about getting back up. And you fell down, and you got back up, and you were midway getting back up, and you were basically telling them how it was, and and were able to recoup that. And that's incredible. And I'm not gonna lie that that's that's a uh, that's a pretty good story. I like that. <laughs> you, you tell that story in your in your act now. No, you know, at some point, I have an even funnier story since it's, since I'm going through some things right now. I have to get through them to actually like tell a story. But right now, it's pretty bad. Um, but when I get through it, it'll be funny. Um, no, I don't tell that story at all. I just kind of emerge as this black goddess that makes them laugh and titillates them. They don't, most people don't know my struggle or my story or anything like that. They just want to be made to laugh and they want to be turned on and I can do that. Well, that's definitely, you know, I, I think... I, I don't know if you put it in your act, but maybe put it in a like like YouTube it or something like that. Like the origin of how this came to be, <laughs> how you became the, the 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 black goddess you currently are, and go from there. <laughs> and you, it's it it is really cool to know that you, like I said, took that negative, mixed it right immediately. You know, you were able to still tears in your eyes, be able to try to rescue it. And that, that's an amazing feat right there. Because most people, like I would have, I'm not going to lie, I'd have probably stormed up like, I'm done, I'm out, I'm done, walked away. <laughs> but you didn't, you stayed and you kept it going. And uh, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it probably sucked for the people you had to fire, but if they weren't funny, out the door you yeah, go. Yeah. Exactly. They weren't I, funny. They weren't good at the, the people that I hired to dance. They didn't know the steps, and it was just a, a hot mess. And um, so I just let everybody go. And, um, you know, comedy is sort of like a default for me. I smile a lot, but usually when I'm like nervous, but to the audience, they think that I'm smiling at them. Um, and so generally speaking, they smile back at me. Um, so the comedy thing kind of just happened. And I've always felt like I was funny, but I never felt like I could do it on demand like that. Yeah. Um, but when push comes to shove and when I'm in a in a tight situation, the comedy comes out. It's, it's your defense mechanism at that point. Is the, is I guess the, so. Yeah. It's my defense mechanism. Yeah. Is uh I, I always I always had people tell me they're like, Oh, you should you should do comedy or something like that. I, I I had them busting up laughing somewhere and I'm like, I could not do that. There's no way because as soon as I'd get on stage, the funny would probably go away. Because it's all about being in the moment for me and having the whatever's going around that makes it funny. So if I have to go up on stage and make it funny, I will bomb every time. I would not be able to save it in any way, shape, or form. You know what? I find that with doing just stand-up, you just have to be yourself. Yeah. And you just have to be comfortable, especially if you already have a comedic timing about you. You already have like a strong voice. I already have those things but i notice that when i'm nervous and i get in my head like oh are these people gonna like me i don't know that's when i don't do as well and i rush jokes and i rush things but if i just talk to the people like like they're my friends then it goes off so much more better um so i really feel like if you have that in you you just have to just be comfortable with it. And even if not everybody laughs, if you get like two or three people laughing, those are your audience. Like that's who you need to kind of, until you get to be seasoned. So yeah. when you're seasoned, you can read the different audiences and then you can change your jokes based on the people who are in there. But I think before then, as just a beginning comedian, Find people who like you. Well, that makes sense because what you do is you get those, okay, so you got 30 people. Five of them really think you're funny. You take those five people. They tell five people. They bring back five people. So you keep getting, you're, you're building your audience naturally. You're, you're, you're getting them to learn who you are. And yeah, I, I, that's a great idea. I mean, it may not be the best practically if you're spending money to bring people in and stage shows and stuff, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just think like if you're beginning and I think a lot of comedians mess up in that they feel like they have to make everybody laugh at every point. And that is the goal eventually when you become seasoned and comfortable. Yeah. But first, I think a person should find their voice and find who it resonates with. So then you look at those five people, you figure out where they like to go, go where they're at. You know, and yeah. there's more of them. And then you get real comfortable there. And then if you're an ambitious person, then you're going to want to go to different rooms and see, well, well, maybe I can do clean comedy. Maybe only, I only do dirty comedy. I mean, I can do clean comedy, but who wants that? No, it's trash. <laughs> trash. Okay, I don't like that at all. I like doing things that I like to do. So, but like, after a while, you try to go to these different rooms and then you realize, okay, let me read the audience. I think a lot of comedians miss that. They got to read the audience. But very first thing, find your own voice. And so what if, you know, 25 people don't laugh? You know, when I first went to my first open mic, because before I started doing Sugar Brown, I wanted to make sure I could do it. And the very first open mic I went to, and I don't know why I chose this. I don't know. Maybe because I grew up in a white neighborhood and people have always thought I was funny. So I went to, instead of going to a black club, because black clubs are so vocal. Oh, yeah. 
Like, there's just, I don't know. It's a lot. And the the other Black comedians are very much so, like, roasting you type of people. So I felt like I would do better at the white open mic. So I went to a white open mic. And I didn't do that well. There were about, like, four or five people who laughed at my joke. But I looked at everybody in the room, and I was like, all of y'all are ugly. <laughs> and, like, you're, of course you're not going to be able to relate to my joke because you're just gross. Like, everybody's, like, grunge. Like, let me go to where I think people will like at least my style or whatever. And then I went to, you know... An, another club and I did really amazing um, and so you know that just kind of spoke volumes to me but my very first time I didn't do that well and I didn't care so I was like I don't think none of y'all are funny <laughs> so it's funny <laughs> the first time you think you think uh, you know I grew up with uh, Red Fox and, and Richard Pryor and George Carlin and stuff like that and you know, those guys, were, none of them were the funny when they first stepped up on stage. It took a while for them to be funny before they became those guys. And, you know, I've, I've been going to comedy clubs forever. And I've been to comedy clubs where you just, and you stare because they're not funny. And then I've gone to ones where I hurt when I left because I laughed from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. And, the, one of the last ones I went and seen, um, there was a guy and he was, we were in Dayton, Ohio. We all knew all the dumb shit that happens in Dayton. And he was originally from Dayton. And all he did was just tear into this whole area. And we're just dying because it's all true. It's all funny. And it's we're just laughing. And, you know, that was hilarious. The other guy was trying to tell us about, you know, stuff. And you're just like, yeah, that's not funny because I can't relate, man. That's just nothing you relate to. Right. But uh, the key the key to it is being somewhat relatable. That's correct. the key. You can craft jokes like, you know, um, it's easy to craft a joke. They have books on how to make the oh, joke. Yeah. But you know, it's all about delivering the joke and your cadence and your timing and just the relatability of who you're around. So my brother told me, he was like, you know, you need to pick something that you feel like you like and you can do that a lot of other people can do. And I picked sex. <laughs> I think sex is a great time. Um, and I think a lot of people across the board can relate to it um, and enjoy it for the most part. So... Yeah, that's kind of why I chose to do the sexy comedy thing. It, it it works, you know. You're you're embracing it and you're running with it, and that's great. And uh, <laughs> thank you. I, I I poke fun at myself if I do any comedy because this. Um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite jokes was uh, one day I'm with my wife and a uh, guy he worked she worked with uh, openly gay. And everything, and he just looks at me. Goes, he goes, "You're good looking, but all of this." And I went, "The hell does that mean?" <laughs> he goes, "Do you own a suit?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "Do you own a suit?" I'm like, "No." He, he goes, "Do you own dress pants?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "Do you look like this all the time?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then he looks at my wife and he goes, "Why did you pick him?" And I'm like, "I, I was like because." I have no clue, actually. I have no idea whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I poke fun at myself a lot on everything because that's just how I, I make people laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I, 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 my, my whole ongoing joke is is that uh, I grew up in an in a era when uh, being a geeky guy was not cool. And now I look at all these guys that are like, oh, oh. And so I totally missed that train. Ah, that's what happened to me. <laughs> but uh, but you know, you you were having fun. I I see you on you know. I I went and I don't know. I'm not going to stop because I was just like, 
looked around. I found you on like TikTok and stuff like that, which I never get on TikTok or anything like that anymore, except for, for my other show, which is dumb. But uh, you're out there have it looks like you're having a blast doing everything you do. I mean, you you just went to Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah. You're out there. It looks like you're having fun in your hotel, out at the beach, you know, everywhere. Uh, and you can see that you're taking and you're keeping fun. You're just keeping fun there. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, the enjoyment, the, the fun, the, the I, can't, I can't word it right. Just stumble. Yeah, it. yeah, ah. I think... <laughs> I think it's extremely important to like, you know, have fun and find as much joy as possible because life is challenging. It's oh, just hard. 100%, 100%. At every level, you know. Um, and so when I have the opportunity to have fun and think positive and feel good and let things flow, I do that. I love traveling to other countries, beautiful places. I love beaches. I'm a beach bum. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to take some people with me to my next, uh, country that I go to or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's crazy and ironic because I'm actually going through a hard time, but everybody's like, you look like you're having a blast. And I'm like, I mean, I am, but I'm also extremely stressed out too, so well, I, I know we, we, we talked the other day and you were telling me some of the issues, but like I said, you would never know it. Like you're right now, you are happy. You are smiling. You are having a, you know, you're, you're having a good time and you would never know that you're having issues with anything and keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think, um, you know, staying positive is important. I never want to bring anybody else down and um you know most things are temporary so well the only thing i worry about is is that from the comedians that i've met and the comedians i've seen and unfortunately all the documentaries i've seen on, on comedians they always associate comedy with pain you know emotional pain uh, relationship pain and stuff like that and do you find that being a um fuel for your comedy or are you just trying to stay away from that um so i try not to do degradation comedy um largely because i also have the sexy portion of my oh, yeah but i mean you, you know being but the, you can't you can't do both you can't be self-deprecating and also an inspiration at the same time yeah. So, in, at least in my opinion. So, for me, I think the comedy part, it is a little bit of a defense mechanism, but I try to turn everything positive. So, I'll get a couple of hecklers, and sometimes the truth is just funny. So, at my last show, or the show before last, I had a heckler. Which is like, first of all, I'm a judgmental person anyway. So I already have to like change things in my brain to be respectful, period. Okay, so to cut that filter off, I can really, you know, um, roast several people. But I don't like that because I want people to feel good when they leave my shows. I don't want them to feel insecure. Or I don't want to call out some things that, they don't feel positive about. I don't like that. It's easy to do that. Oh yeah. So this woman, again, my show is a burlesque show. This woman brought her husband or boyfriend or whatever. And one thing I always ask, I like to ask for permission that I'm able to entertain, possibly touch and dance in front of your man because mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to fight me. No. This is not real for me. This is real for you. You paid me to do this. Um, and the lady was like, no, my man can't look at you because this is what he got at home. He'd been with me for 13 years. And I'm like, so you brought your man to a burlesque comedy show not to look at the performer. That Make that make sense, number one. 
And she said something about, oh, I've been with my man for 13 years. And I told her, I said, look, if you've been with him for 13 years and one night, two hours can break your 13 years, you don't have 13 years, honey, at all. You ain't got 13 years. No. Um, and she sat down after that. <laughs> you know, she was like, oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You might want to work on your security in your relationship. So, you know, um, things like that happen. So I didn't tear into her. But I just let her know what's real and what's true. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. That's, Michael, that's what the, the... Go to a burlesque comedy show. The, the Why did you take your man with you? <laughs> it's, there was... At the same show, there was a whole row of 10 women who appeared to be older. So I assumed that they were married. And they were. They came as a girl group. You know why? Because they don't want their husband looking at me. So <laughs> they made the conscious decision. Oh, I'm not going to take my man to this. I'm going to take my girl to this because I don't want my man thinking this, that, and the third. So if you're not secure, you have to at least be smart. If you're not secure, at least be smart. And that was another thing I told the lady. Because I went down the line and I asked every single woman, are you married, you married, you married, you married? They all read what the show was about. <laughs> you you know, people need to start reading. 100%. And like I said, I've been to burlesque shows with my wife and she had fun and it wasn't no like, you can't see that. I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's just fun and I'm not going home with nobody's man. Um, you know, Perhaps I might want a man of my own, you know. I'm so well, what people assume about me is kind of crazy, but yeah, it's okay. it's. Well, the thing is, though, is if you meet a man that's there with his wife and he leaves, then that tells you what kind of man he is. That he's that he will just leave for for you know for someone he just met. So you know down the road that you would have that issue probably with right. somebody else. So it's yeah. Right. So I would never even go that way. Like yep. I and in fact, I typically don't even like to date men that have been to my show. <laughs> I don't even want you to know. Like I don't yeah. So so you didn't you've never dated a guy who's gone to your show. No has, have you started dating somebody and then they go to your show? Um, let's see. No, I mean, let's see. It's been a long time. And I go through guys like a pack of bubble gum. You know, like I don't, I don't even really remember them. Um, after a while, just they're all the same. Um, Let's see. I haven't had a serious relationship in a very, very long time. I would say, yeah, most guys that see the show beforehand, I try not to date um, because they think I'm a different person. I also don't get the luxury of them just getting to know me like I'm just getting to know them because they think they know me already. Mm -hmm. They feel familiar with me already. They see the pictures. They see my lifestyle and all that stuff. So they already feel like they know who I am and they don't. Um, and then, so the dating is just weird when we go out. They're like, why aren't you dancing? Why aren't you all this, that, the third? And I'm just maybe a different person. In real life, I'm not always on 10. I'm not always sugar brown. I definitely come down from that. I'm not um, aggressive. I'm not um, outgoing or any of those things. But sugar brown has to be. So it's, it's just different. So I try not to do that. Um, I do think that maybe they can come to the show after we've established something. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But even after they their mind it's they're just gone. 
So it is is Sugar Brown you turned up to eleven, or is it just a completely different person? Okay, so most people say that Sugar Brown is a completely different person. I think that Sugar Brown is like my arm, right? Or you know how um, on the street they'll do a caricature, mm-hmm. right, of your face and they yeah. exaggerate all these different things? I think Sugar Brown is a caricature of a side of me um, <laughs> that I have. I have at least 10 different sides. Um, and I don't think Sugar Brown is my biggest side. I Again, I think it's my arm. Yeah. It's important. It's significant, but it's not my biggest side. So, but for the hour and a half that I perform, that's all you see. Okay. And maybe even on social media, that's all you see. That's all I show. So, but in real life, you're going to see something different. So when people have met me in real life, they say I'm a completely different person. Yeah, I I can get that. But you you... <sighs> So when did you start adding, did it from the beginning, the burlesque into the comedy or was that much later or when did you, how did you decide to add? Okay. So let's go back. That's so funny. Things have like organically manifested. So yeah. again, back in the day, I wanted to just be a dancer, right? So when I created the show, but I'm also a writer, like just in general, I do poetry. I write films and scripts and stuff like that. So um, back when I started, I had a group of girls, but I also wanted to have like poetry in it. So I had a guy that was a poet and I did the dancing with my group of girls. What that did was made him the star of the show because he's speaking, right? Anytime you're speaking versus like dancing, you become who the audience is more familiar with. Yeah. Then he's talking about, oh, I'm the star, I need money, and that, that, that. You're fired. Sorry you thought that you were that special. You were a part of my show. This is mine. Um, so I had to get rid of him, and then I became the poet that also danced. Because um, the Sugar Brown show used to be kind of not a serious show, but not a comedy show. Um, and then, like I said, in that Atlanta thing, the comedy came out in me. So it was the burlesque that happened first. And then I added the comedy to it. And then, um, so now, um, I just kind of keep the comedy going in there. And sometimes I just want to do a comedy special and no dance. I don't know, you know, and, and maybe one of these days I will, but you know, people love the erotica. People love the interaction that I have with them. And I try to give people what they like, you know. Yeah. So who who are your comedy, like, icons? Who are the people that got you into comedy? I don't have a comedy icon, okay? I know this sounds really bad. Um, comedy and the comedians are such an interesting circle. Um, because it's like, it's a lot of haters. So, and it's not just me and it's a, it's kind of a man's game. It's kind of a man's field yeah. a little bit. Um, and the, the hate isn't necessarily that bad. It's something that they kind of customary do. So when you have your own voice and you do something a little bit different, like I've had some comedians say, oh, you're not a comedian because you dance, take your clothes off. I'm like, how about you dance and take your clothes off and see how many people come and see your show? Just just try it out with your Teletubby body. Just try it out. See how it works. <laughs> Do they ever try it out? No. You know, so what I try to just tell a lot of these comedians is like, you find your own way. You know, Kevin Hart is short. Michael Blackson is African. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is ghetto, whatever they, you know, everybody has their little thing and you find your own. And um, I realized that they don't just do that to me. They just do that to everyone that has a little bit of something and they're moving and they're selling tickets and stuff like that. That's just the culture. Um, And so 
I say that to say that I don't have anyone that inspired me to do this. And I don't even know who it was that I was watching um, that was like, I can do that. I don't know who it was. It was just some random person at one o'clock in the morning telling his story. And it was funny. And I said, I could do that. I will credit my boyfriend at the time. If I had not had him affirm me, I may or may not have done it. And what he did, I had asked him, I said, well, you know, I think I want to do comedy and I want to mix my comedy and dance. What do you think? And he laughed and he said, yes, you can do it. So what he did after that, he um, found some open mics for me to go to and he put me right up front and center and um, he was like, well, sink or swim, we're going to see what you do, you know? And I was really nervous and everything. And um, I have a unique look to me. So every comedian that came up roasted me on the way up, which is fine because I got a whole lot of ammunition and they have no idea that I'm also a comedian because I don't look it, I guess. And, you know, <laughs> I lined them up like a fire squad, you know, shot one after the other, after the other, after the other, because they all came for me. And that's how I realized that, okay, I can do this. And then my boyfriend at the time um, worked with me on my material. And he, I didn't have too many friends, but he did. So he got a whole bunch of his friends together, um, like 15 of them. And I did my routine for them. Not, none of the dance, just the comedy. And um, which was scary and interesting because when you have a very tiny audience sometimes people don't you know laugh out loud and you don't know if they really like it yeah. but they gave me honest feedback um, and they all said yes you can do this and in an audience I think people will think that this is funny go ahead and do it and he's really the reason why I became who I am today because he said I could do it and he put things together to make sure I could. Now, I'm sorry, this is a long-winded answer. No, you're all good. <laughs> now, I do have some comedians that I think are amazing. Um, Cat Williams, he's one of my favorite comedians. I think he's really great at improv. Um, I think that his story structure is really funny. And also for me, I guess he's just relatable. He just seems very real and relatable. So Cat Williams is great. Um, I think Eddie Murphy is phenomenal um, in the range that he does from the, the comedic style of an actor. His stand-up comedy special Raw was amazing. Um, just I could watch it today and still crack up laughing. I, I, st I still have my cassette tapes of Eddie Murphy Delirious and Raw that I've had since I was in high school. And I've listened to them probably a thousand times to the point where you, there's sections of the tapes like, because it's been pulled so many times. But yeah. yeah, oh my God, Eddie Murphy in his heyday was probably the best there was at that point, period. Definitely, yeah. definitely Eddie Murphy. Um, of course, Richard Pryor, but I think that's a little bit before my time to be relatable. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then who else do I think? I There are some comedians that are not well known that I think are actually really great. So um, what's his name? Oh, he goes by Black Ron. Um, he's not well known, but he's on the scene and he's done some national tours and I had the pleasure of being around him several times and he is hilarious, but on a level of social consciousness, um, there are some people, I'm, I feel like I'm good at a lot of things. There are some people who are just great. And you, that's just what they are. I'm good. I'm I'm here. Some people, They're like Black Ron, 
I can't, there's no way I would be able, I don't think like that. You know, he is able, why I think he's so funny. And a lot of his material, he doesn't even use. A lot of comedians are just funny, just generally speaking. And um, some of his material is amazing because I never even thought of that perspective. Yeah. And he's able to give me a different perspective on a social conscious type level. And I think that that's the highest form of comedy when you can make, you know, issues, political issues and social issues funny. I think that that is really amazing. So he's also one of my favorite comedians. Yeah, I, uh, how was it? Chris Red. Yeah. That's the one I laughed my ass off the last time I saw his doc, his show on, uh, you ever watch his? He went from, uh, he was on Disjointed with uh, Saturday Night Live, and then he, when he left, he did his own comedy special. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I saw the special, but I know who you're talking about. I have never laughed so hard. When he's talking about being high, and he's like, I forgot how to walk. <laughs> he's like trying to walk. Yeah, I was just—I was laughing out so hard, and he—I wish he had more specials. I think he's only got the one, which is sad. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, the, the, you're right. There, there's a lot of comedians, especially on the uh, um, on the circuit, who are not the, the headliner, but they're that mid guy. Because you always yeah. get the local guy who's your opener, then you have that mid guy who is uh, you know, torn around. With the headliner, and he, some of them are f super funny. There are a lot of them. That mm -hmm. mid-level right there are hilarious. Well, I think because they got to try harder because they're not the headliner, so they got to make sure people come in, laugh their asses off, so they can get bumped up to the headliner. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That they're always. I definitely feel like once you meet that headline level, they stop caring. Like, Dave Chappelle doesn't care that much anymore. It's like, fuck it. I'm yeah. gonna make this joke. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do whatever. And who cares? I'm multimillionaire. It doesn't matter. So I think you're absolutely right. The strongest comedians are not those top ones. Yep. It's when they're like almost there. Yep. Those are the strongest. So many of them. I've, I've, I've laughed harder. Maybe at the last comedy show I went to, but probably the last. Probably a couple before that. The, the the mid guy was the one I laughed the hardest for than the than the headliner, but uh, it's it's one of the ones where, where our local comedy clubs always like, "Here, have some free tickets," and I'm like, eh, "What day is it? Nope, gotta work." Okay, oh oh, I can go that one. So yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but uh, we're, we're gonna go back. Uh, you said you've been dance you've been a a, a dance teacher for twenty five years or twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So when you start teaching people to dance at like five? Uh, <laughs> I'm way older than I look, and I'm not going to tell. No, um, okay. uh, But yeah, I've been teaching dance for a long time. I taught kids for a while, and I just got tired of that. Um, and then I wanted to be more sexy, so I started teaching adults, and then now I'm all the way left field, so not so even. Are you still teaching? Not really. Not really. Not, I haven't really. Sometimes I'll teach a master class. Um, I don't know. I think I taught a class a month or two ago. It's kind of you gotta stay in the community to keep it going. Can't. It's hard to to leave and come back. Yeah. Well, like I said, you, you, I've 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 caught your dancing. What 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 little I have seen on online. Um, I'd love to see your show, but you know we're all up here in Ohio, and you haven't made it here. What yet. part of Ohio? I am about forty minutes north of Dayton. If that tells you anything, okay. um, we are. Uh, I am just off of seventy five. So if you drive seventy five up to Michigan, you will drive like right by my my hometown. Is a little podunk, little out of the middle of nowhere town. I think we got twenty six thousand people here, something like that. Yeah, it's it's small. Well, 
I may try to come out to Dayton um, sometime in the summertime, maybe. I went to Columbus and Cleveland. No, I will go to Columbus. I, I am not a fan of Cleveland. <laughs> not, oh, really? Why don't you like Cleveland? I, I, I don't think it's really necessarily the town. It's the, the experiences of going there weren't the best. And I think that just chalked it up to make me not want to go back. Cause like one time yeah. we went up, her car broke down. Uh, I used to have to go up there for work all the time and I'd always have to go set. And there's this one company I'd have to go pick up parts for. It was right on the lake. So literally like there's the parking lot. There's this big, huge rock wall. And then you would walk over the rock wall and there's the lake. So literally you're just sitting there in a the hot summer waiting for them to park, pack all your stuff up and it just stinks because it's the lake. And it's like, I don't want to go back to Cleveland. My wife keeps trying to talk me into going back. And I'm like, I, I will go back for one reason and one reason only. And that's for my son to take him to a concert he wants to go to. And unless that concert comes back through, I will probably never step foot in Cleveland. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Well, um, we'll see how my summer tour schedule goes. I don't know. I think there's another. Is it Dayton, Ohio? There's another part of Ohio that I've been looking at that has a nice venue that I might, it's called Mortar Me, Mortar Me. I don't know. I can't remember. Well, but, Columbus, I, th I I don't know. You said you did Columbus. I could see you doing great in Columbus because that's very much that, that style there. I think um, Columbus was okay. It was a smaller audience than normal, but it was okay. People were really friendly and you know, I always appreciate that when people are nice to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So now, now I got to go the other way. So how did you get into doing ed dating advice and relationship advice? <laughs> well, I love relationships and dating and matters of the heart. And actually, I decided I needed to change a little bit or show a little bit more of the different sides of me on social media. Okay. Social media just sees me being naked and frolicking around the beach. And that is not garnering the attention, the right type of attention that I need. So I need to show parts of the other sides of me that is more intellectual and, and fun. And I was like, well, I should go ahead and start a dating show. Um, and so it's in the beginning phases of it. I'm still trying to figure out the technical parts of like streaming it and getting people on. Um, like I've had several people sign up, but like I'm trying to figure out how to make sure they sign on and get the right link at the right time. Yeah. Um, and their, their internet and their computer don't screw up like much. <laughs> it's so many parts to yes, it. Yes, a lot of moving parts. So, and I find that things like this, and like the new show with the dating thing, you have to love doing it because, you know, it doesn't pay. Eventually it will, right? That's the yeah. hope that it eventually that's the, that's pays. That's the long-term plan, yeah. It's a long-term plan. And so with long-term plans, you have to, in my mind, I was like, well, I got to do something that I would love to do and hopefully it'll make me money, but I can stand to do it without any. And that's really talking to people about their relationship and, you know, what they're missing, what they need, how to get it. And I coined myself as a love guru. Even though I'm single as fuck, I know, <laughs> I know what to do. I, it, it's a little bit harder in my, you know, it's hard to see the forest from the trees when you're in it. Yeah. But when you're out of it, I can see very clearly. And when people trust me, I'm able to help them. So that's kind of how I got into that. Well, you know, it is a lot being able to, you know, teach people, you know, maybe from experience or being able, like you said, from the outside looking in and be able to tell people like, hey, that's where you screwed up. You need to go back and check that, you know. And like I told you before, this was, it's like, yeah, it's like my whole thing is, is that people come to me to advice and I'm like, don't do what I did. Do not do what I did. Right, uh, I, and 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 I'm like, you will live a long and happy life if you do not do what I did. <laughs> um, well, you know, you you, you kind of become 
I, I, I caught part of one of your shows while I was doing other stuff. Um, but you, you, you almost could be like that bartender, like the, the people telling the problems and, uh, you know, maybe you should go and you get like a backdrop that looks like a bar and just kind of like sit there and lean in and like, help me your problems. So yeah, I'm not sure. Very good. And, and, you know, and there's people going to be out there and of course you're going to get the people who go, Hey, I want advice. And then they're, they never show up or they or only just want to talk to you. And right. And yeah. So, you know, there are creepy guys out there that'll text you and be like, Hey, you want to be on my show? No, I mean, that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, you're, you're, you're out there, you're, you're traveling, you're doing dance, you're doing comedy, you're doing, you know, uh, the, the advice what you what's the one out of what you're currently doing that's like your core what's your like your the one that you absolutely love the most i don't have one you don't have I one don't. you just just like enjoying going across the board and having doing all of I, it i enjoy all of it i enjoy um i enjoy making people happy i it really brings me joy to to know that I made somebody smile or to know that I helped somebody connect deeper. Yeah. Um, that's really what does it for me. And I just use the different mediums, whether it's dance or I might do a poem or whether it's comedy or whether it's advice, I like to help people. So, yeah, I don't have the medium changes. In fact, you know, sometimes like right now, I'm not into dancing at all. Like, I don't really want to dance, which is crazy because I've danced for so long. I don't want to dance. Right now, I want to talk about feelings <laughs> and inspiration and and letting go and, um, you know, relationships and how to connect deeper. That That's where I'm at. And I'm kind of accepting that. Yeah. Well, it's with, with getting people to, to connect deeper. That's that's big. I mean, the fact that you're taking that on yourself to help other people, that's crazy, you know, because there's people are broken and and you're out there like, I'm willing to step up and help you people. So you need to... <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that I don't have my broken pieces. You know, I think plenty of us do. But I, I think that I am gifted in a way where I can see where I can put certain pieces together and help that person and make them feel much, much better. And that's what happens a lot of the times at the shows. A lot of the times I can see when a person is insecure about something um, and I can help them become more secure about that. And then I get the, I rally the crowd behind me. For instance, a lot of women I think come to my shows um, and they want to be sexy. There's a lot of um, social persecution when you take off your clothes. You know, yeah. you're a slut, you're a whore, you're going to hell, all this other stuff, right? And so people, women in general, don't want to identify that way, even though we naturally feel sexy, right? So mm -hmm. I let the women use me. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to be naked on stage, right? And they're going to wear something sexy. Now, a lot of times they'll wear like a little sweater over this extremely sexy outfit. They wanted to wear the sexy outfit, but they're insecure about it. So they're wearing the sweater that doesn't even match. Right. Hey. So I will go to that person. I'll bring them up on stage and I'll say, you know, what are you doing with the sweater? This is Mr. Roger's sweater over this lingerie. You're at a burlesque show. Take it off. And so that affirms them, you know? Or, you know, there'll be someone that will say, oh, well, I'm, I'm 55, I'm old, you know? And the truth of the matter is they're at my show because they're not really mentally old. They feel old. And society has told them at 55 that they're old. But that doesn't mean that you can't go and have fun and dance. It doesn't mean that you can't be sexy. You can still be sexy. And that's why they came to the show in the first place. Because everything is about relatable. Of relatability so they they saw themselves in me some sort of way and they came so i helped them feel more secure about being 55 and sexy you know and they don't get a, a chance to do that in too many other places so 
that's kind of the magic of my show, but it's not specific to the medium. Well, you know, it, it is a shame that, that, you know, you, you put it out there. It's, it's, if you're over a certain age, society's like, well, you're not attractive anymore. You're old. And, you know, I think that there's these women out there that are killing it right now. And you're just like, look at them. There's no way, you know, Halle Berry, Salma Hayek, you know, they're in their mid fifties and you wouldn't. Yeah. Right. They're two of the most beautiful women on the planet. And, right. um, and, you know, I'm getting older and my wife and I had this discussion is, is that, you know, we would love to go burlesque shows and stuff like that, but I don't want to go and see 18, 19, 20-year-olds because then I feel weird. So I feel like, oh, dude, I'm fucking creepy at this point, you know? I was like, but if you get a woman yeah. closer to my age, you know, that's dancing, it's attractive and stuff like that, you, like, can get into it, you can enjoy it, and it doesn't have that stigma of being weird and creepy. And now you're just right. like, okay, yeah, okay. You know, you're just, like, moving on. And... It, it is a shame. And in the fact that you're taking women out there and going, look, you're beautiful. Get rid of that sweater. You, you've come to look sexy. You're going to look sexy. Right. That shit. So, and, and, and I got to say, uh, thank you yeah, <laughs> so <thanks>. much <laughs> as, as, as a, as a, as I get older, um, as, uh, my, my messages are, Oh, that, that's my wife right there. Um, <laughs> she, you know, I, I love my wife to death and and we're both approaching 50. I'm really close and she's right behind me. And, uh, you know, I think she's beautiful. And I mean, like I said, me and her talk about it. And I'm like, you know, you can't. I don't say you can't. You can't go places and enjoy looking at a woman of a certain age of a certain, you know, body style, a certain height, a certain, you know, you know, right. and, and I think that you're going against that and you're figuring it out and you're moving forward and you're helping people with that. And, and like I said, I applaud you for that. That is awesome. That is great. And, um, you should be proud of that. Um, because it is, it is, uh, it is unfortunate that, that at a certain point, people stop looking at you and you know not look but like oh they're old you know age is bullshit you know when you get to you know age you know whatever i mean it is when they're this way but it's when they go this way it's never uh, right i, I but it, it is it's it's great you know i like as a, as a, a mature man i like looking at women that are 40s 50s th late 30s whatever cuz then i feel like hey all right, it's it's awesome, <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. I I don't want to go to a I don't I I'd feel creepy going to a strip club now because I haven't been to a strip club in forever. But going to one now and you're just like, hey, wow, she's younger than my kids. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's like I said, you're you're doing a lot and you're doing you're putting in the work. You're doing the the best to do things for yourself and other people and that's awesome so you know and well thank you i appreciate it i i, I really do and and uh and i i know this this is well i won't go into anything but i know you've talked to me about some things and i hope everything gets taken care of and you're moving forward and and you know so but uh um what 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 do you have coming up? What what's your what's your current events coming up? Okay, so I've got several things coming up. So I've got two shows in Jacksonville, Florida. I got two shows in Tampa. I'll probably do a show in Chicago on Valentine's Day. And oh, I have a show in San Antonio. Um, I'm also trying to curate a, a trip to Belize. So I have about 10 rooms I'm trying to sell um, with me. I'm definitely going. So it's going to be a good time. And let's see what else. That's it for now. Just my six shows, my couple's um, Belize trip, 
And then I'll be performing for the summer. Like, I'll have a summer tour. I don't know where I'll go, what I'll do, but that's what's going on for now. Well, if you come back here to Ohio, if you come to Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton, let me know. We'll be there. So, All right. All um, right. So um, where can people find you online at? Okay, so on Instagram, you could find me at I am the real sugar brown, spelled like the regular sugar. Um, on Facebook, you can find me at Sugar Brown Comedy, and on Twitter, it's I am Sugar Brown. Okay, and do you have merchandise that people can buy or anything? Like I have so many things. So I have a shirt. You might not be able to see it. I don't know, but yeah, it's right. called Manifest Tour. Um, and on the back it says I am and you can fill in the blank so it helps to inspire you um, I also have card games for relationships and couples and I have um, a few sex toys I am an expert in the rose I love the rose and so I sell the rose because every woman should have a rose <laughs> well cool well, I appreciate you coming on here, and I'm sorry about the issues we had in the beginning. Um, and uh, anytime you want to come on um, and talk about any of your upcoming events, let me know. We'll get you back on here. And uh, this will drop Monday at 12 noon Eastern. So Okay. Can't so, wait. Thank you so much. And uh, I want to – I'm going to click off here and end it here, but I'll, I want to talk to you for a minute and off record here, and uh, I'll – Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.